0: All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ascent Cloud Table Talks. Very excited for our conversation today. This is a topic that has been discussed many times with different events that we've been a part of, as well as working with our customers, tracking metrics and performance Measurement. It's not the most exciting title, but let's be honest, it is one of the most important things that we can discuss, uh, not just post-pandemic, but anytime time when it comes to leading a sales team. These are important. This is what is guiding how you are leading your team. So joining me today is Craig Bickley, uh, Senior Vice President of Sales here at Ascent Cloud, that I have had the joy of honor of working with. And he is going to talk to us about Um, history in sales and changes that he's seen, as well as give us some insight and guidance based on the experience that he's had both here at Ascent Cloud and prior to that with a number of sales teams that he has led. So Craig, I'm going to hand it off to you real quick for a quick intro. Why is tracking metrics and performance measurement something that you also agreed was something that we should be discussing right now?
1: Well, hello, Cassie. Great to great to talk to you again, as always. I don't know about the I don't know about the joy and whatever you've about working with me, but anyway. So, well, to me, you know, if you're a sales leader, tracking metrics makes the world go round, and I think that sales leaders that that don't get focused on it and don't track them uh, are, are are not doing a service to their company. Number one, and number two, they're not driving as much performance as as they can.
0: Exactly. I love it. It seems like a basic thing, yet it's so easy to forget about it, why we're doing it and how to do it correctly. And I would also assume based on changes that happen in the world, making sure that those are getting adjusted properly as well, which I know that we've seen internally ourselves between 2020 and 2021. So jumping into it, like I said, tracking metrics and performance measurement, it's basic. We know we're supposed to do it, but I think it's very easy to forget why are we doing it, which leads into a number of other factors. It's all this trickle down effect. So why, Craig, is it important that we are tracking metrics and measuring performance within our sales teams?
1: Well, number one, it drives the results. So, and it's proven over and over again in the recent Sales Management Association study that was done of 70, you know, huge companies across the world, um, you know, it, 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 the companies that that are hitting their numbers or expected to hit their numbers are, are tracking salesperson activities and the ones that are not. Going to hit their numbers are not, and you know that that's the real basic premise. But there's other things as well. You know, number one is how, how do you define a good job for a sales team? How do you know what they should be doing? And and if you're just tracking, you know, close one, which you know everybody rewards the salespeople for what they've sold, you're not you're missing the major portion of it. How do you know that the people are doing a good job um, to get to that closed one? And who's 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 better at certain phases of a sales cycle? And, you know, you then, if you can determine what activities that that you want to track, which we'll talk about more today, I'm sure, um, you can help your people with career growth and performance growth. So if you just, you know, if you just put a sales team together, you'll always have some people that know what to do and are capable salespeople and do it instinctively. But you'll never get a full sales team like that. You'll get a group that will and do and a group that don't. And you need to get the group that don't to be the group that does. And to do that, you got to track the right things. The key is what things to track, which I'm sure we'll talk about.
0: We definitely will. And I think it's important, the part where you talk about defining what a good job means. I know my team knows I get very frustrated by a lot. It's great. It's good. I was like, tell me why it's good that you can think a team is doing well or maybe doing poorly. But I find, and I don't know if it's the same with you, uh, maybe you can elaborate. It's, those anomalies are the things that stick out. They're doing great. Somebody had one really good win, so they're doing good. But when you look at the metrics totaled, they had one really good win, but they may not actually be doing great or vice versa. of uh, It doesn't look like they're necessarily doing great, but you look at all those metrics and they're trying. They are doing a good job. Maybe it's stuff that's out of their control.
1: That's exactly right. Or maybe the huge one win that got all the recognition isn't in their territory or was because of a previous relationship, or, you know, all those kind of things. You've got to look at the whole cycle, and then determine what's important in the cycle, and who, you know, in the sales cycle, and who who is doing a better job in what area that could help the whole team do better, which leads to performance of the whole team, not just one individual.
0: Yeah. Now, there's also the question of the pandemic, that um, when it comes to why is tracking metrics important, and I feel like I know the answer to this because I get to sit in on sales meetings. But how have you seen the importance or even which metrics have changed in importance since the beginning of the pandemic when it comes to your sales team?
1: Well, a lot of sales teams were able to meet face to face, you know at least you know in some cases, if they're you know across the United States or across the world, maybe once a quarter or you know twice a year or something like that for kickoffs or quarterly meetings. But, You know that that's a face-to-face kind of relationship. Some sales teams meet every morning. You know, there's the stand-up meeting every morning at eight o'clock, and and you know that you can look in people's faces, look in their eyes, look at what they're doing, all of that. That changed dramatically a year and a half ago, right? We're seeing people now get back in the field and back doing the things together with their with their sales teams, but. Once that changed, you had to find ways to work with the people, not micromanage them, but you had to track the activities of them working remotely. Some people work wonderfully remotely, and other people will put their hands in the air and go, I can't work at home. And you can see, as a result of tracking certain things, the results of how they're performing. And it's not a matter, again, of micromanaging. It's a matter of who helping the people that can't and you know, helping the people that can to do even better. Um, So the the world changed and the metrics that you track change. You go further up funnel, we've seen. So you you go all the way back to how many calls are you making instead of how many conversations are you having or how many meetings are you having or how many presentations are you having? You got to go back to the very beginning of the funnel.
0: And how have you seen that shift with sales team members that haven't maybe done tracked? calls in a while since they were in an SDR role what has that been like for that transition for them is that required different kind of coaching from the sales leaders is it just a matter of it's going to take some time how how has that experience been with sales um your AEs AMs SDRs whoever it may be
1: yeah well it it you know in some cases it's been great in some cases you know you've had to help people and uh, you know the the coaching comes in you know becomes very important, and again, not not micromanaging, not beating on them. You've got to coach them and and get them to understand that, you know, the 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 work they put in leads to results, and 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 then help them target where they put work in. You can't just in today's world, you can't just pick up the phone and make a hundred phone calls. You've got to be very very thoughtful about it, and you've got to mix it with all the other methods of contacting people, and those have to be tracked as well. You know, there's the traditional email, but what about social engagement? What about other kinds of, of thought leadership kind of things and what you're putting in the messaging and, and and so forth? So it's been, you know, it's been a big change for a lot of people that, you know, would just be in the office and things would happen. And and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a whole different approach now that that people are working remotely. And then how do you track the information, which we're probably going to talk about here, and how do you make sure it's accurate? You know, so what what are they putting in the CRM? Are they putting in the right things or not the right things? And or they're not putting anything at all. And then they're under the microscope of not not performing. So you got to get the data flow right as well.
0: Awesome. And I just before we move on to the next one, because we will. I think something that you said is key of how it all ties together with. It's important to track these metrics and those are going to affect how you're coaching your team, which is going to affect the outcomes that you and your team have. Um, And so, yes, we're going to move on to the next part. But I also, this was, I was, didn't mention this before and I should have. Craig, you mentioned the um, research survey that we did with Sales Management Association, which had great information that we've utilized a ton. Just want to make sure people know they can go to AscentCloud.io and under the resource section, they can actually download their own copy of that report. So if anybody's interested in getting, there was a ton of data found out in there. So encourage anybody who's interested, check that out. All right. So we've talked about why it's important. Now we need to get ready for it. It comes to the planning, metric planning. Where does somebody start? Whether it's somebody who's been doing this for years and now everything's changed or they get stuck in the, this is how we've always done it, which the world is changing. technology is changing. Sales is changing. Or you have some people um, you know, maybe like me, who's now starting in a new role that's going to be involving sales and tracking metrics. Where do you, where does somebody start?
1: Well, I think you know, basically, it's it starts with you know the first of all, identify the teams, which is very very basic. You know, if you've got multiple teams reporting to you, which one which one needs it the, mo- the most? Is it the field sales team? Is it the inside sales team? Is it the SDR team? You know, which which team do you want to start with? Because it's going to be different by team. And and so the first the first thing you do is, you know, you can't you can't take everybody at once. So so pick a team, number one, and then you have to ascertain what the right things to track are. I mean, there's companies that track, you know, hundreds and hundreds of things. And it's not about that. You've got to you've got to narrow it down to four to you know, four, five, six, maybe key behaviors that align people to the outcomes that you want. And that's the key. You just said it. Cassie, that's the key to the whole thing. So how do you find those? Well, there's a, there's a variety of, of, of different ways. First of all, you, you interview the sales management team and get their view of what sales leaders think the right things to do are. And then you interview your top performers. And there will be a difference a lot of times. What the top performers do, especially the ones that do it instinctively and don't even mm-hmm. think about it, you've right. got to ferret those things out or bring those things out of those people's minds and then try and equate to what the sales leaders are trying to drive and then narrow it into, you know, a, a handful of metrics. And then what's the frequency? You know, in today's world, you can get it, get data very quickly if it's being put in the right places. And we'll talk about data, I think, you know, a little bit down the road here. But but, you know, is it something you want to track daily, weekly, monthly? What what's important to track? Um, but again, that you always have to think about, you know, there's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators, lagging, you know, close one. Okay. Deal's done. Hooray, 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 which is always great. You got to have that, but what is way upstream, you know, is it, you know, is, is, as simple as just making more calls. It may be, or it may not be, it may be the type of call or the type of person you're calling on it's calls to VPs versus calls to Salesforce administrators, or is it, you know, industry is our leading performers. If you're if you're cross-industry, our leading performers calling on healthcare and having more success there versus manufacturing. So you can get very, very detailed here, but you, you gotta get, you know, you have to get accurate about it. So interview the executives and you have got to have their buy-in, obviously, and you interview the top performers and then try and bring it all into one concise area and get everybody's buy-in that these are the four or five major things that we're going to track. You can have a whole bunch of other metrics. You can have things sales leaders look at that may be different than the individuals, but the things you put on leaderboards and the things you put on reports has to be has to be consistent. And you get every you got to get everybody to commit. So you do it team by team and you come up with the key things so, you know, one of the, you know, one of the key things for us is quote conversations. It's not calls, it's not emails, it's not LinkedIn messages, it's not text messages. It's what we call put a voice on it. It's having a conversation. And we have found that at the right level with the right people, which is the other dimension of that, mm-hmm. having, you know, actually voice conversations and presentations, and they can be demos, you know, or whatever is a very important metric for us. We still track calls. We still track demos. We still track discoveries. We still track industry. We still, you know, all kinds of things, but the voice conversations drive deals. So you can narrow it down to just specific things.
0: And it's interesting. I would imagine, again, as I'm somebody who's now going to be tracking metrics for a sales team in a new way, that you're right in that you need to define there's a number of different things to track. However, keeping those top four or five, six that your team is really focused on that. Yes, there's a bunch of numbers that we are going to pull report. I know Craig is looking at numbers all the time. Um, one benefit for Craig of being three hours ahead of me time zone wise is I get emails that he's already looked through some of these things, which does help, help uh, me out with cutting down on some of the research I sometimes need to do. But the fact that there's so much data and people find different Pieces, most important, but being able to define for your team to help guide them of there's such a thing as too much that if you've got, I don't know, 25 different things that your team thinks they need to be focused on, where on earth are they going to start? So I think that could be really key for a number of organizations of understanding there are those ones that you just need to keep your team focused on and then you can review the other ones. Now, are those ones, just out of curiosity, those other metrics that maybe aren't those top four or five, are those something that you do review with sales team members along the way, whether it's deal reviews or anything like that, one-on-ones, coaching sessions, to look at those additional metrics to show how it does trickle down and how things are being affected?
1: So the, the answer is yes, with a, with a condition. So you've got you know, you've got your sales managers and leaders, which you may be having different one-on-ones with than you are with the individual contributors. And so you may have a set of metrics there that the individual contributors aren't necessarily seeing that you do talk to the sales management team about. Mm-hmm. OK, and then on the individual contributor level, if there's another metric that you want to bring up on a one-on-one or that you you just need to let them know, number one, that you're, you're tracking it. So there isn't a surprise. You never want to walk into a meeting and go, hey, we're looking at. You know, the number of times you talk to a VP in California, well, if, if, if you didn't tell them you're going to track that, then surprise, right? You've got to be clear on on what the other metrics are, but the four or five or three or four main ones, okay, have got to be every day, you know, here, here's where we're at during the month, you know, in the, in the old in the old world, you waited until you had reports or BI tools or whatever, and you got them on next Monday or you got them on the end of the month. That does not work. So they've got to be current. They've got to be easy to see. They've got to be where everybody can see them. But to answer your question directly, any other metrics that that you have, you can have different metrics that you absolutely talk to sales leadership about and or individual contributors about as a secondary kind of thing.
0: But the key, which I know can, I probably can't be stressed enough, is communicating that effectively and setting those expectations correctly, making sure all those teams are aware. Now, your transition is perfectly into how do we track it? Yes, there was times when you were waiting for weekly or monthly reports, but one, we have the benefit of technology now that gives it to us in real time. And the expectation, thank you, Amazon Prime, is that everything happens quickly. It happens right away. There's no waiting for anything. So you've set up why... The tracking these metrics and measuring performance is important. How we plan it. We've mentioned tracking a number of times, so let's dive into that. How do you track these things so that you're getting them in real time as a sales leader? Your sales team members are seeing them. They know where they're at. Not just they now know the expectations, but they can see where they are tracking towards those expectations, whether it's hourly, daily, weekly, monthly.
1: So. The answer to that is finding where the data lives, how it's collected, and making the data a result of what they do in their daily jobs. And that's how the magic happens. What you don't want, no salesperson wants to sit down at 8 o'clock at night and enter a whole bunch of data from the day or enter, you know, a week's worth of data. Because if, if, if you go that route, one, the data is going to be old, it's going to be stale, and salespeople just aren't going to want to do it, period. And you can make it a condition of employment, but still it's not a it's not a cultural positive and a cultural (laughs) building. So whatever not admins
0: here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Whatever they do in their normal daily operation, you've got to tie the metrics to. So if it's some kind of call report, I mean you can go across the board here. If you've got a dialer and you're tracking calls, obviously the dialer updates things automatically. Okay. If you're using a you know sales cadence tool you know, it can update things automatically, but you need a method of collecting it all and displaying it very quickly. So if it's a field sales team, when they finish a visit and they dictate their notes or they put their notes in the mobile device, that should increment a visit. If you're tracking visit, you can do all kinds of other things on top of that. You can do calculations on time in the field, number of hours available in the field during the week versus the number of hours that they were out, you know, talking to prospects and and or clients. So you know, so how do you collect it? You've got to have a vehicle for that or or it does not work. And you've got to have the, it's not just a CRM system. You've got to surface that data in a way that it's that it's easily in their face, I'll call it. But it's not, you know, so much in their face that it drives them crazy. So it's got to sit somewhere that they can see it. It's got to be available on their mobile device if they're traveling. And it has to be automatic, you know, just the results of what they're doing on a, on a daily, weekly or monthly
0: basis. And I know we've heard that same thing from our customers um, using our solutions out in the field, that they found such an increase in not only accuracy, but the amount of information that was getting put into their CRM once it became automatic, that it wasn't something they had to do once they got home, they had to end every appointment with putting in information. Plus, they saw an increase in the amount of productivity because that took out work from these individuals so they can see it and they're doing less work. And so we have, this is in the moment if it's happening, but having that information stored somewhere, yes, in a CRM, but then the additional technology that can help display this the way you want, but also using that information now to forecast, to plan in the future, because now you can see what it's taking to get to this end result. So easily coming up with some conversion metrics of what else, how can we increase this end result, this outcome that we're looking for what are these activities that we're already tracking these um, this performance that we're already tracking how what do we need to improve there in order to increase that end result that we're going for which having it somewhere that's easily accessible can help do the work for you i can't imagine what we would do without something like that
1: where i was going to go next cassie was was the conversion side of this if you're collecting the, the data and you're collecting the key metrics Then you chain them together and you find how a team versus another team is doing, getting from through that metric progression through the funnel or however you're doing it, or not just the team, you get to an individual and you look and you say, you know, Craig, you seem to not be able to get from your conversations to starting new opportunities where look at Cassie, Cassie's able to get you know, one out of three or, or two out of three of her conversations turns into an opportunity. So then you jump into things like messaging while you're coaching is let's listen mm-hmm. to some calls. Let's decide, you know, what what are you saying? And what, what are you listening ag- enough? Are you doing all the talking? Or is the prospect or customer getting a chance to talk? And you start then being able to, you know, pull together, you know, there, there may be top performers that, are doing a great job in the middle of the funnel, but they've got a territory that's uh, that that hasn't been touched in years. So they're mm-hmm. still building territory, but they're building opportunities. But they're 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 doing a fabulous job in the middle. That if you have somebody that's got a mature territory, you could get more performance out of that mature territory by using the techniques that the person that you wouldn't think is a top performer if you're looking at close one, but they are a top performer if you look at their conversion ratio between. You know, conversation and new opportunity, or or whatever it is. So you begin to then help your people with their career advancement, with their performance. You know, and you know most salespeople are what I call coin operated. So so you you get you get performance in improvement for the company, which leads to higher commissions, higher incentives, which seems to make salespeople very happy.
0: they're big fans of those. And it's something I know we've talked about internally. It's about helping people perform better, that you can get all the technologies you want. But in the end, it's about the people that are there doing the job. So using this information that you're already gathering to help them improve. And like you said, looking at those people that are performing well, getting those insights from them. Maybe we did interview them back at the previous step that we were talking about when we were coming up with the metrics to track, but that's constantly changing. This we've learned. The world is always changing. So being able to take that information from somebody who's doing well and be able to utilize that for somebody who may need a little bit more work, which to use, to quote Craig, I think is just fabulous. Okay, so as we wrap it all up, because it's a lot of information, but again, it's just tracking metrics, performance management, it's huge. That is, in my opinion, going to be a make or break it for a number of organizations, whether it is sales team, it's stuff that we've also seen outside of sales, customer success teams, measuring things, your tech support team, measuring cases, cases open, cases closed. How are you supporting your customers and tracking those metrics? So as we do our quick wrap up, just we've covered why is it important? Why is tracking these metrics, measuring this performance, being able to see um, how these metrics that we are tracking can turn and change outcomes for your organization, how you plan for this, how you align people to the outcome that they want, and then how we track it, having to tie that metric tracking into what your sales team is already doing, not making it an extra chore, making it in real time, making it visible to the people who need to see it, as well as that all important, communicating it effectively and making sure those expectations are there. And then of course. It may change at some point. These are things we will always review. It cannot stay the same. It has to change. So, any other final thoughts you want to add into this, Craig? Before we go ahead and wrap up with our much anticipated get-to-know-you question.
1: My my summary is: we we've proven it works. You know, in the, in the sales management study, which you know we sponsored, we didn't write it; they 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 wrote it. That it proves that it works for high-performing companies. OK, it helps you bring results through your through your sales teams. And, you know, it, it, it's got to be real time and it's got to be a, as part of a daily job of, that a salesperson is doing. And it helps define what a good job is.
0: Wonderful. OK, so thank you so much for all that information. And per our usual, we always like to wrap up all of our Ascent Cloud table talks. With a little question, bringing a little bit of our Ascent Cloud company culture um, from our fun fact Fridays that we do to get to know our guests a little bit more. So with this question, um, I am pulling a little bit from my personal experiences. Some people know I've been slightly traumatized by a recent move that I had, um, which is, of course, just me being dramatic, but it was stressful. So Craig, have you had any um, fun, memorable We'll go with memorable moving experiences, whether it's funny or slightly horrifying. So
1: yes, just had one actually. So I never, I I, I, I had no idea what question was coming. I was nervous about that. You never, never want to surprise somebody, right? So I had no idea what's coming, but we just moved and this is three months ago, I guess. And we live in a cold climate and we got the moving van all packed up and we were only moving five miles. And then this thing called a blizzard came, which there were not a lot of blizzards in in Michigan this year, but there was one. And that caused the moving van guys to say, we can't move you in. The snow's too deep. We're taking all your possessions. We're taking them to a storage facility for two days. And when the blizzard is done and the snow is moved, removed, we'll see you at your new house. So you talk about a moving experience. There's a there's a moving experience. So you learn to adapt. And of course, in COVID, you don't want to go to a hotel, right? So sure. So we worked it out. We have we have relatives close by and uh, <laughs> we showed up with a couple of bottles of wine and it was a nice. Experience. So that's it. That's the story.
0: Not one you plan on doing again anytime soon. And um, if I remember correctly, you haven't moved in quite a while. So it's this one time that you you finally get to move. And this uh, this rare blizzard hits just in time for it. And I actually remember talking to you. I think it was a day or two. It was probably the day they were actually starting to move everything. in, in true Craig fashion, you know, it's it's another day. We're just gonna get through it. I think you were probably sitting in the basement working off a hot spot, as there was nothing in the home because it was all still sitting in storage that day.
1: No. Yep. But all the metrics for the whole sales team, all
0: <laughs>
1: everything, everything ran great. I got all my my metrics. Everything was wonderful.
0: You better believe Craig was at least on his, uh, his phone, checking his email to see where all those daily reports were at, checking uh, Salesforce on mobile to see where scorecards were at, because... Blizzard's not going to stop that. All right. Well, again, thank you, Craig, for joining us. Appreciate it. For all those listening, thank you for joining this episode of Ascent Cloud Table Talks. And feel free to check out any of our previous episodes over on ascentcloud.io. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple or Spotify.
1: Thank you, Cassie.